episode number 70. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So on this podcast, every seven episodes, I take a break from sharing a stuck story from my life or from my book, and instead I speak on another topic related to getting unstuck. And since this is episode number 70, I'm going to do just that. The truth of the matter is, I already have a story ready to share with you that just happened yesterday, as I am just a few days before my son will be celebrating his bar mitzvah here in Israel, and I am in a state of overwhelm, which is a very different experience than I had when we had his celebration in New Jersey just a couple of weeks ago. I got myself unstuck last night, and it felt so good, and I'll share that with you next week. I also want to thank those of you who emailed me after listening to last week's episode on considering holding on to memories. It touched a chord for many of you, specifically those of you who live far away from family and make yearly family trips like I do, which on the one hand can be wonderful and on the other hand can sometimes be heart-wrenching. It is so good to hear from my listeners and hear how this podcast is affecting your life. And I just want to remind you, in addition to emailing me, if you have iTunes, please do consider leaving a review because leaving reviews on iTunes enables more people to find this podcast. And the more people who find this podcast, the more likely people will start making changes in their lives to get unstuck, which is actually the topic I wanted to explore with you today, the topic of change and how it is that we can measure change. I was actually thinking about this a lot on my recent family trip. I was thinking about how we notice change in people after we haven't seen them in a long time. Actually, let's do something here. Let's experiment. Take a moment and imagine you are in an airport, okay? And you're waiting to greet your great uncle, at the baggage claim, and you haven't seen him in, let's say, three years, what changes do you think you would see in him? What comments may you make to acknowledge the changes that you see? I was thinking a lot about this, about change and about how we tend to measure change and how we see change in other people. This is the list that I came up with. So one very obvious way to measure change is through physical changes, like losing weight or gaining weight, for example. And people typically do comment when people lose weight, right? They say how good they look and that they want to know what their secret was, right? Another way that we can measure change is through changes that we actually can't see, but we can share with people. Like I've gotten control of my blood pressure or cholesterol or heartburn or constipation or I'm off of this medication or some sort of maybe a mental illness 
These are all changes that I've heard about, actually, from different people that I saw during my trip. And these changes were, for good or for bad, changes that people had from the last time I saw them, which was last year. And going along with that idea, other ways people may measure change in other people is their mood, right? Like if you know someone who happens to be depressed, and the next time you see him, he's not. Or if you know someone who happens to be a little anxious, and the next time you see him, he's consistently calm. So mood is another way that we can tend to notice change in other people. Another change that I actually noticed in a couple of people on my recent visit was changes in memory, right? Both short-term memory and long-term memory. You can also measure change in a family by the number of new children they have, or what grade or school their children are going to be going into, or what college their older kids were accepted to. I think a lot of the changes that we have in our lives actually tend to revolve around our kids. I guess we could also add height, right? Because that's what children do. And it's usually a very distinctive change when you haven't seen a child in even just one year. In addition to family, we sometimes measure change by marital status. I learned of a few new divorces on this past trip. Sometimes we measure change via our money status, right? How much we've made or acquired in a certain year, or how much we lost in any given time. And with that, sometimes we measure change with where we're living and what kind of house we're living in now, whether we bought a house or we're renting, right? We measure change when people get new jobs or new titles. On this past trip, someone I know became a real estate agent during the past year. Someone else went back to school as an adult. And one person switched jobs within a company. We can also measure change via milestones, like the baby's first steps, or a special birthday, or bar mitzvah, or going from not married to married, or going from not being a parent to being a parent, or grandparent even, right? All of these are ways that we tend to measure change, consciously or not, it's something that we do. Take a moment and think if I missed anything, or another way that you would measure change in yourself or others. I actually think it may be easier to think about how you measure change in others rather than yourself, because I think it's harder for us to measure change in ourselves. But who knows, maybe you'll think of something related to yourself. And if you do think of something, email me. I would love to hear what I may have missed. So the work I do in the world with getting unstuck has to do with creating change, right? We go from stuck to unstuck, which is a change. And the changes that people around the world who listen to this podcast and the people with whom I work are nothing short of amazing. People are making changes in themselves and in their lives. This is the work I do in the world. It has to do with self-development. In fact, if you go to Amazon or if you go to a bookstore You'll find many, many books under the genre of self-development or self-growth, and those books will try to teach you how to become more self-aware, and maybe some of those books will teach you some specific techniques so that you can make changes in your life. But the question is, how do you measure the work of change? To be honest, I've never really thought about it until recently. 
How do you measure the work you do or the success that you have with getting unstuck? By the number of times you get unstuck in a day? By how often you don't get stuck? By how quickly you get unstuck? By how long it takes you to get unstuck? There's lots of ways you could probably measure the work we do with getting unstuck. And don't think for a second that I'm not already thinking about this in an academic way because I totally am. I would love to find an academic scientist out there who may be interested to study my method and research it. And actually, I am currently in touch with one such person now, and I will definitely keep you posted to let you know how that goes. But in the meantime, I ask you again, how do you measure the work of getting unstuck? So take a look at your own life. How would you measure your own self-development? I think it's a really important question to contemplate, actually. I mean, it's your life that we're speaking about, right? And I would guess that most people who are listening to this podcast are in some way or another interested to improve their lives and improve themselves and improve their relationships. And if that's the case, how are you checking in to see if you've made any improvement? It's really an interesting thought, no? Like, how do you know if you've evolved at all? I mean, you can certainly look back at your younger self and maybe see yourself as maybe unwise. I definitely do that sometimes. Sometimes I think about how immature I was in my younger years. But even that, how do I measure the wisdom that I've gained? And before I go on, I guess I just want to answer a question that you may be asking in your head, which is, why does it even matter? Like, okay, so you're on this journey, you're trying to improve yourself, you're doing your best. So what does it matter if you take note of the changes that you've made or not? And the answer I would say is that I think noticing the changes that you are consciously trying to make in your life can really motivate you and positively impact and affect your behavior in the future. Like, Take, for example, let's say you're a smoker and you're trying to quit. When you create change and you acknowledge that success, whatever success means to you, it's going to motivate you to keep on going, to keep on not picking up another cigarette because you are reaching your goals and that in and of itself is rewarding. Same thing with losing weight or climbing a mountain, or training for a marathon, or quitting drinking. When you start to create change, even if it's the smallest of changes in your behavior, it can really be motivating for you, basically to recognize that it is possible to make change. And it gives you a sense of hope, which is something incredibly valuable. So all of this is basically leading up to a thought I had while I was on vacation, To answer my question, how do you measure change regarding getting unstuck? Or how do you know getting unstuck is really having any effect on your life? And this is what I came to. That you can measure the change or you can notice the changes that you're consciously trying to create in your life when you can compare your reactions to one specific stuck situation that you are in in, on a regular basis. 
So I talk about this concept of familiar triggers in my Getting Unstuck course and also on my retreats. By the way, the next Getting Unstuck retreat is going to take place in Israel in October. So if you live in Israel, and if you are interested to learn more details, email me ASAP. So in my course and on my retreats, I speak about the different kinds of triggers that are in our lives. And one of them is called familiar triggers. A familiar trigger could be something that happens with someone that you live with, someone that you work with, someone that you just have regular contact with, or even if you don't have regular contact with that person, but each time you engage with them, even if it's once a month or once a year, and you find yourself getting stuck, that's what I call a familiar trigger. And familiar triggers are full of opportunities for growth and change because basically they appear so often in your life that you can use them as practice. So for example, if I get triggered by my husband when I'm doing the dishes, right? And he walks into the kitchen and he makes a comment on how I'm doing the dishes. And this is something that happens on a somewhat daily basis. I can either react automatically the same way each time Or if I'm practicing to get unstuck, I ideally will learn how to change my reaction to him, whatever that may be. And so for me, I can compare how I used to react to my husband, say four years ago, to how I react to him now, because the trigger is the same. The trigger isn't going away, but my reaction to him has changed And it's something that I can see. It's something tangible. It's something clear as day. It's not to say that I'm perfect and that I never slip, but I can say there's a huge difference from me four years ago when I would just get upset and play the victim. So I was thinking about this on my last trip because I realized these trips are also great opportunities for me to measure how much I have grown in these situations. As I mentioned in last week's episode, while these trips are amazing and wonderful because we get to see my family for an extended amount of time, they are also not always peaches and cream because my family, the six of us, move in with my parents who are used to living alone and we invade their space and, you know, we just do things differently. We have different eating patterns, different sleeping patterns, different lifestyle patterns and Living together is not always so easy. And we have been fortunate to be able to make these family visits once a year for the past nine years, ever since we moved to Israel. And I can definitely remember some of the trips not going as I had anticipated, let's just say. Like everyone on both sides would have high hopes for a great time, and then somehow things would go sour. And so I started the work of getting unstuck after we moved to Israel. And I created the stuck method maybe three years after we started making these trips. And it just really dawned on me on this particular visit, which was a relatively long one. It was about five weeks, how well the trip went. I really was thinking about it a lot. And basically what I came to realize, and I thought about this before, but never have been really able to put it into words or into any context was that I can really see growth in myself from this work 
because of these visits. Why? Because these trips aren't always easy, even though there really isn't any reason for them not to be. And sometimes I get triggered when I'm there, probably just as much as I'm probably triggering others. (laughs) And yet, what I have learned to do was change my reaction to those situations. I have become much more aware. I have learned to almost anticipate many things that are going to happen in the home. I have learned how to pause. I have learned how to become more compassionate. And I have learned that practicing to get unstuck in these situations is so much more worth it than slipping into my natural patterns of reacting. And so I really noticed that on this trip, whereas in the past, I recalled wanting to return home after like a few days. On this trip, it was like a few weeks into the trip and I was actually feeling the opposite. I was actually feeling a pull to stay longer. And it's not like anyone changed. The people around me have not. I just simply learned how to get unstuck from things. Was I perfect? No. Did I slip once or twice and get stuck on things? Of course. But overall, was there a change from the past visits? Absolutely. And I don't know if anyone else in my family noticed that, but certainly I did. Like I mentioned in the beginning, it was very motivating. It really offers a sense of hope that these trips don't have to be ones that include many stuck moments at all. So I thought about that and I wanted to share it with you and encourage you to do the same. I'd really like to challenge you and ask you to think about one stuck place in your life that you can use as something to recognize change in yourself. In other words, that thing, whatever that thing is or whoever it is, That thing is your constant. It is not going to change, even if you want it to change. The truth of the matter is, you really don't want it to change, even if you think you do, (laughs) because it's that thing, whatever it is, that is your greatest opportunity for growth and freedom. For without it, you would have no reason to grow and evolve. So what is that thing for you? Or who is that thing for you? Do you have it? If not, think about it and take your time to choose something. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't tend to have a great memory. So one way you can recognize your change in reactions to familiar triggers is by recording them in a journal. In fact, this is how this entire movement of getting unstuck began by me starting to journal or blog the stuck situations I found myself in. Because the practice of journaling enabled me to reflect on what happened, on my reactions to them, and what change occurred from specific, familiar, trigger, stuck situations to specific, familiar, trigger, stuck situations. It's not only cool to witness, because it really is, But as I mentioned, it's also really a motivating force to create more change. And if you are listening to this podcast, I am sure that making improvements in yourself is something that you are looking to do in this lifetime. So take your time. 
Acknowledge a familiar trigger that you have in your life and start noticing your typical reactions to it and how your reactions to it change over time as you continue to practice getting unstuck. And so the next time someone asks you, hi, how you doing? Maybe you could answer out loud or answer to yourself how much you have changed with the work that you are doing with getting unstuck and be really proud of it. Okay, my dear friends, so I do already have a story for you for next week, and it will definitely speak to those of you who have a tendency to like do everything by yourself without getting help from others, which is something I have a tendency to do. I hope you tune in. Wishing you a great rest of your day. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.